I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to Pearlmania 500, the one-year anniversary vault edition. Oh, yeah. It's been one year. Yeah, we've been over a year now. That's crazy. Doing the podcast. I f- totally did not realize that. It's been over a year. Dang. And we have a lot of uh, things coming up. But this is a vault episode. I currently have the baby strapped to me. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do our intros. Yep. And then we're going to play this amazing episode with Valerie DeMambro. Oh, this is such a good episode. It's such a good we episode. We had such a fun time with her. Yeah, she taught us so much about yeah. uh, such. it's such a crazy topic. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started. so much to his name was dusk as we always like to remind you because he was on last week's episode yeah he did a he, great job he has his new album coming out yeah he was an agent of chaos he for was, sure he definitely was an agent <laughs> of chaos everyone really really enjoyed his episode uh his name was dusk will return uh as he always will return yeah uh and he and i are currently working on no, a, sh- what sh- 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 i can't sh- sh- say sh- sh- no but we have surprises coming I, that you 
you're so bad at surprises. I'm terrible at Every surprises. Every Christmas and birthday, this comes up. How yeah. bad at surprises you are. <laughs> this is why I'm a last minute guy. Yeah, because if you buy it or any gift early, someone gets the gift early. Yeah, because then what's the point? Oh, <laughs> let me go get this amazing gift. And now I'm going to sit around like a monster and wait for you to enjoy it. No. I can just give it to you now and then go find another gift that's almost <laughs> as good. Nowhere near as good. Nowhere near as good. Uh, but we're here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here. We got the baby. Yeah. He's strapped to me. You're actually here in the room. I'm in the room. The baby is pooped. He has been fed. <laughs> He's, He's had a little bit of sleep. He had a burp. We're on best behavior. He is strapped crossed. to my chest. <laughs> Maybe we'll make the the show image this week. Him strapped to my Maybe, chest. Yeah. Uh, but that's yeah. It's, it's been a it's been a wild couple weeks. I can't think. Well, it's been one. Well, two weeks since I was on. Two weeks since you were I'm on. Trying to think of like what's happened in the last two weeks. Uh, what's happened in the last two weeks is you and I have been trading off on shifts on who stays awake all night. Mm, Both mm. of us have been going slowly insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. We cheer when this child poops. Yeah, yeah. That's what uh, we cry when he cries. Yeah. Uh, and I mean then, that's fine and normal. And now Taylor Swift's going to the Super Bowl. I'm so excited for her. Yeah. And her what's her boyfriend's name again? Uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just watched because just for the listeners, we I just watched the AFC Championship game with mm-hmm, the Ravens mm-hmm. versus the Kansas I was, State Chiefs. I was actually on the Ravens side. I wanted the Ravens I to wanted win. the Ravens to win too. And mine was because of TikTok core core edits. I did see those. There were so many. I cannot stress if if you're not on the side of football TikTok or just like in general of what's been going on, mm-hmm. I need you guys to know that there is a uh, there's a crew of men whose brains just broke. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, many of them are between the ages of 24 and I want to say probably about 30 38. Okay, uh, they have spent tens of thousands of dollars on DraftKings and other online sports betting oh. uh, apps. They had a specific belief on the way this season was going to end. Okay. Uh, and as far as they're concerned, uh-huh. Taylor Swift and the Kelsey brothers, alongside of the NFL, just changed the script at the last minute God. and ruined sports betting forever. Oh, no. Even though the Kansas City Chiefs just constantly go to the Super Bowl. I was say, they're always there. They're, on, they're always there. They've been a dominant team for a very long time. No, so. I wanted Baltimore. Baltimore is like, uh, it's like a little slice of Philly when you're there. It is. They got this almost a similar accent. Mm-hmm. Same kind of trash people I am. Yep. I, you know, I was like, I, if I can't be, if our team can't be same there. Same halal cart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. That's where I ate for my birthday last year. I ate at the yeah. little cart across the street from the, mm-hmm. from the uh, Everybody's arena. always a little grumpy, but if you're nice, they'll become nice. That's, yeah. that's very Philly energy. Yeah. I just, I wanted a small city. Deodorants locked up at the Rite Aid. Well, yeah, that's called being in the city. I know. Exactly. Um, listen, I, I'm sad that they didn't make it, but it looks like right now Detroit, another fucking city. A, a city that needs it. A city that needs it. And so here's what's going to happen is we're about to see the Taylor Swift heel turn. Because hey, Taylor Swift is not a heel turn. No, no, it's going to happen because when D- Detroit had, needs a Super Bowl, win, yeah, it's a it's a rough city. It's I know. been through it's been through things, yeah. right? And now Taylor Swift is going to get on her private jet, fly back from Tokyo mid tour <laughs> to kiss Travis Kelsey in the end zone after he defeats Detroit in the Super Bowl. Oh no! And then uh, it's going to be a whole thing. No, it'll be so. Fine. If y'all That's are wondering happen. how uh, how we ended up in the nightmare that we're going to be in 2025, mm-hmm. uh, the first step was Harambe, mm-hmm. and then the second step was Taylor Swift's private jet Let's flying stop back from Japan. Blaming Taylor Swift for everything. I'm not. It's you know what? I want to blame people for. I want to blame something. I want to blame fake teeth. Fake teeth. I've been. You know, I've been mumbling about it quietly for 
days now. Veneers. I'm so tired of veneers. I like you know because we've been watching a lot more stuff from the 90s. Yeah. And nobody had fake teeth then. Oh my god, refreshing. It was so nice. I'm like, look at the, everybody's teeth are a little wonky, maybe a little yellow. Some are bigger than others. I miss, I deeply miss real human teeth at this point. I miss people. <laughs> listen, I miss people having uh, fat on their inside of their cheeks. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. let's leave the bu- the buccal fat where it's supposed to be. <laughs> Somebody woke up and he agrees with me. Yeah. And that cry. That's because he has the chubbiest cheeks of all. That's true. And that <laughs> was the, the sign that we need to say hello to our Patreons. Oh, hey. hello. Let's meet our team leaders. We have six this week, uh, and nobody sent me any messages saying that the names need to be changed. Cool. So let's go ahead and get with it. Starting off, we have not underscore A underscore Fed. Likely story Fed. Yeah, likely story Fed. Hey, hon. Hey, hey. After that, we have... Now, this is the thing. I wish I had a chime. Yeah. For like a sparkle chime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's sparkle, Stephanie, sparkle. You know With what? the little sparkle emojis. I love it. I, I'm obsessed with it. Hey, hon. Hey, hon. How are you, Stephanie? After that, we have Leah Myers. Hey, hon. After that, we have Verity Langer. Somebody named Verity? Yeah. Wild. Hey, hon. From Australia. Well, there's that Colleen Hoover book. That's the only Colleen Hoover book I ever read was Verity. Oh, yeah? And when I finished it, I powered through it aggressively, angrily. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I got to the end. I closed it. I threw the book and I said, never again, Colleen Hoover. Yeah. Never again. But I never actually met anyone named Verity. Yeah. So, hey, hon. Well, it's the internet. This could be a fake name. (gasps) Oh! What? I don't remember the character's last name in the book. I don't know. Either. It might be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and finally, we have the blue bassist. Oh. Well, this baby's starting to get a little fussy, Mrs. P. So why don't we go ahead and get the, the episode started? We have Valerie DeMambro. Why don't you give her us her plugs? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you can find Valerie uh, on Instagram at Cosmo underscore D-D-I. Yep. And she has let us know, and we already know, that if you really want entertainment, you should follow her pets account, which is animal underscore house. It's spelled A-N-N-I-N-M-A-L underscore house. We're and, gonna put all of it in the show notes. Yeah, but I have to tell you, the her pets are so cute. She's got so many: Brienne, Velma, Ludipus, Little Edie, and Duke. Um, incredible, incredible content going on over here. Yeah, it's it's good <laughs> stuff, and uh, we love her. We love her husband as well. We're gonna talk about that more as the episode gets started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, without further ado, let's go ahead and throw back to us before. We had this bundle of little potato sack joy <laughs> in our arms. Let's hear these young kids learn all about her topic. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. 
500. We're back. We're here. This is, you're hearing us way in the past. Uh, or I'm in the future right Well, now. they just heard us in the future, which is actually their present. Okay. But this is actually our past. Yeah. But right now we're recording it in our present, planning for our future. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And we have a special <laughs> guest this evening, this mid-afternoon. But whoever listening, they could be listening to it at any time. It yeah. could be approximately 4.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and they are on public transportation yeah. heading to a job that they don't like. Yeah. And if that's you... Then make sure that you join our Patreon, patreon.com slash promaniacarbonic. They could be stuck in traffic, trying not to rear-end the person in front of them who's being a total dick on 76. Yeah, or because of uh, the unseasonably warmness of the world, it could be mid-January and they're Mm. mowing their front lawn. The Farmer's Almanac said that this year we're going to get snow. I'd like to need to know. <laughs> yeah? Cause you know what's fun? Can I tell you something? I by the time this by the time this airs, uh, we will actually know whether or not the farmer's almanac. Because we're recording this okay. in mid-September. Yeah. But enough about that. Okay. Enough about playing with the idea of the concept of having to listen to this in mid-January to make an intro <laughs> for this show. I'm gonna be so annoyed. I'm like, just get to the point. Introduce the guest. So because, introduce the guest. Okay, we have Valerie DeMambro. Yeah, woo! Yay! Oh, wait, hold on, I can do this button. Hell yeah, yeah. air horns all day. Yeah. Hi, Val, how are you doing? I'm so disappointed. I thought we were going to act like it was mid-January and be like, oh, Christmas was so wonderful. <laughs> no, fuck the that. The new year, it's 2021. Here's the thing. Yeah. I want to point out, um, as of recording this, it's September, right? Yeah. Um, like if we That re- is a fact. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, if we recorded this in June... For September, right? Yeah. We would not have known that like the sky had been on fire, mm-hmm. that the former president had been indicted for. Like, there's so many things yeah. that we can't pretend. Like Christmas might not have happened. You Mitch might. McConnell might die. Listen. Mm. <laughs> oh, what an intro. Okay. So we have Valerie on the show because obviously for the listeners who already know at this point, uh, this is we put this episode in the can because we're on maternity leave. Whoop, whoop. Paternity leave. Sure. Parental leave. We're taking a break. Yeah, we're doing all the different <laughs> things. Uh, so we have Valerie here, and Valerie's going to tell us, uh, she's going to do a lore dump for us. Yeah. Yes. Which is fun. I'm excited to learn from someone that's not uh, Alex. I'm excited to learn from someone who is not Mrs. Pearlmania. Wow. Let's get a divorce. Oh, Let's shake hands on it. No, no. Damn we've it. already shook on this so, so many close. times. <laughs> so close. Uh, but Val is here. Well, by January, we'll know if that actually <laughs> yeah. took. If that now, took. Now, Val, do you have any like social media or anything you want to plug? Is there anything you want to plug at all? Um... I like to I like to ask that up top. I'm not a real plugger. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'll plug for you. Yeah. Val is one of the funniest people that I've ever met. Yeah, that's true. Uh, performing in the Philadelphia comedy scene. You don't really perform anymore. No. Which no. is why I'm happy to have you on the show. Yep. I uh, stopped performing because I like my job. Yeah. yeah. Like once you start like enjoying the work you do on a regular basis. Then you don't need that You, you stop writing comedy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You You're don't like, need. Why do I need giggles from pe- strangers? Right. <laughs> and also <laughs> when can... you marry like your best friend who's also a comedian, like we're yeah. performing for each other every single All day. day. Yeah. Right. I don't Which, know what that's like. And you know, <laughs> yours was the most fun wedding I've ever been at. Best wedding. Best wedding. 10 out of 10. Odd top top wedding of all was time. Was it yeah. because the cake was gluten free? Yeah, that was a big one. For or me. was it because the ceremony was six and a half minutes? <laughs> it, was it was the six and a half minute ever. ceremony. Was that was <laughs> that was us singing the theme. It was a Mupp- it's a Muppets yeah, Take Manhattan. Ma- yeah. 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 Incredible. Yeah, Great it's, food, it, dancing, lots of fun people were there. No, I can't stress. I just want to, to the audience, because they don't know you. 
And they don't know they don't know your husband. They don't know me. They don't know you at all. No. Uh, we show up. It was what it was like an Irish cultural center. Yes. Yeah. All right. Which is That's just one hundred percent what it was. Yeah. It was an Irish cultural center, which by the way is just a bar. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> on we, Friday nights they do Kaylee. Like, yeah. 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 So we show up and I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? And uh, you and your husband are standing around. It's like all the family and everything. And then you guys pass out a piece of paper to everyone. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then the officiant steps forward and they start singing. And then you start singing and he starts singing. And I realize this is from the fucking Muppets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is from the Muppets Take Manhattan. And it's the wedding scene between Miss Piggy and Kermit. Yep. And then the officiant like turns to the crowd and then I look down and realize, oh, we have a part to sing. Everyone in the room starts singing and everybody knows it. It's a weird part is everyone. Oh, yeah. There was sure. no rehearsal. <laughs> everyone in the room nails it. Yeah, the tune goes like up and down. Yeah, up and, and down. Like, but everyone, it's very simple tune. Everyone is singing and crying now at the same time. <laughs> sing, sing crying. Sing the, crying. the official goes, do you? And you're like, I do. Do you? I do. And they're like, they did. And then they're like, ah, it's done. And then you guys are turning, like, get drunk. And I was like, what the fuck? That was the whole wedding. And I was so, so for our wedding, yeah. I was like, if our wedding goes over 12 and a half minutes, <laughs> I will fire you, priest. And the priest was like, what? And I was like, I had people in the audience. I was like, time it. If we go over 12 and a half minutes, start flashing your cell phone like it's a comedy <laughs> show. And that's because of your wedding. That's amazing because on our way to your wedding, too, it was like, if that wedding goes more than 13 minutes, <laughs> I'm giving him the light. Yeah. I am giving him the light. No, the I was so happy. He's like, sure. I max out at 13 minutes yeah. of Perlman. That's yeah. It. yeah. No, that's it. That's it. You nobody can't should do more than that. No, it's nobody impossible. should. Which is why we do a two hour podcast <laughs> now. So when you, I started listening to the podcast, I was like, oh, I'll just catch up on the podcast. And I was like, oh, it'll take me three months to catch yeah. up on the podcast. Yeah. It's so long. It's, I had no idea. It's yeah. No, great. we have, we, we, as of this recording, I believe we have almost a hundred hours of content, which is stupid. Yeah. Fun. It's it's weird for our brains, but enough about us. Yeah. Okay. Let's Who are we talk. talking about? Okay. And enough learn. about enough about us and enough about you. Okay. Who are we learning about today? Who are you going to dump some lore on us? I'm going to talk about Nellie Bly. Nellie Bly. Who's yes, that? Nellie Bly. Good <laughs> thing you asked. <laughs> Who is that? I'm about to tell you all about. Okay. Nellie Bly. All right. So I I should start off with saying like a lot of the stuff that I say in this is like from the time. Okay, like, yeah. I, I don't mean to offend anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I like to start off with that. Okay. Because there's definitely words in this where I'm like, I don't think we use that anymore. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's a word that we use. And, and, and I will say, you did send us notes because yeah. you were like, hey, I just want to know, like, does this look okay to you? And I just saw that it was like five pages of notes. And then I got to page six and I was like, are those, uh, those references? <laughs> like, she actually yeah. has like, like the yeah. APA style references. The mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, oh, she actually did. She did like research, research. Yeah. Um, so nothing yeah. makes me more nervous than someone asking me to do research <laughs> on someone. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. And then doing like, why did you say you would do it? You hate doing research papers. Yeah. I was like sweating. I was like, oh. Yeah. But no, it, it looked it looked professional. I, yeah. I have a lot of notes also from former podcasts. Like you should see the the notes for the Alaria Baldwin episode. Just yeah. I had to really fact check. Those. Meanwhile, it just says like Laura Mipsum. It's just like the actual like drive like notes. Yeah. I didn't really write anything. Yeah. All right, you guys ready? Okay, yeah. we're ready. Go ahead. Nellie Bly. Okay, Nellie Bly. So she was a she was an investigative reporter. So okay. I'm just going to start okay. with that. Gotcha. From, it's from like, this is like 1800s New York City. Okay, 1800s oh, cool. New York City. Yeah. Uh, so she was uh, born Elizabeth Cochran. All right. Okay, okay this is in uh, May of 1864. So mm-hmm. She's a Taurus, which is oh, obviously okay. why I was like obsessed. Yeah. Because I was like, what girl? Tell me more. <laughs> He's stubborn. I'm like, what? <laughs> 
That is true. I am a Taurus, and I'm like so 100%. Safe. Yeah, well, don't tell everybody, because now knows. they're going to do my star charts. <laughs> oh, bummed out for you. <laughs> Actually, this whole thing is just your star chart. No! <laughs> this is a star chart. We did it. Okay, we did it. Um, ah! I called your mom and got your birth time. Oh, no. <laughs> I gave her a martini. <laughs> it was fantastic. It, you know it takes two. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to keep us on track. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, she was born in Cochrane Mills, PA. Okay. So, which was actually a town that was founded by her father. Okay, I was about to ask. I'm like, her name's Liz Cochrane. <laughs> yeah. She was born in Cochrane Mills. So, so she's a Nepo baby. Total yeah, Nepo total baby. Nepo baby. <laughs> outside of Indiana, PA. So that's like an outside, like an hour outside of Pittsburgh. So we're talking Yinzers okay. and um, French fry sandwiches. Yeah. Not use and hoagies. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So I, mean, I, I like to. You know, yeah. This is Western Pennsylvania is definitely different than Eastern Pennsylvania, yeah. but that's for another day. That's a that's a whole different episode. <laughs> a whole different episode. <laughs> so she came from this like really big family, but it was kind of like a halfsies family. So like there was like the first half with the father and his first wife, and then that I think she died, and then his second wife was her mom, okay. and then she had five kids too. I think right, like yeah. So she has like ten half siblings, and then like four siblings from her okay big family almost okay. brady bunchy so yeah. 14 is enough yes okay that's yes okay so her mom's name was like mary jane kennedy i did not go into a rabbit hole that's if fine. she was part of the kennedys because okay. i was like we could make that up but um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna assume i'm gonna assume in my you mind you know as time yeah. goes on i've learned to just i just hate kennedys now yeah i'm like, like because because the, like, the what's more, wrong with her <laughs> well the, the deeper i go into the kennedys because you know like you, you grow up and you're like jfk is great and like you know rfk and, and they, like as times progress i'm like ah eh, we could have done better <laughs> I, I feel like they got in the way you know i thought you were just gonna start going into billy joel's lyrics for we didn't start the fire oh <laughs> you're no. like jfk blown up <laughs> yeah, blown away. yeah um okay so her dad Made his way up the ranks. He was a mill worker and then he became like a judge. And so when she was born, she was born into a pretty wealthy family, but he died when she was six. Okay. okay. So when he, when he died, like his money went to like all of the kids. So it was like 14 kids. Ah, that's so, like, kids. so that's not a lot of so, money. Now. Yeah. So her mom and their pack, like <laughs> their five, her mom and her five, they did not really have a lot of money. So then they moved um, and she got remarried. Yes, she got remarried. She was, and then she got divorced pretty quickly. I'm pretty sure because her husband was an abuser. Oh, okay. Okay, so second, but, second, second stepdad. First yeah. stepdad's bad. Yeah, first dad died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second, first, da- second first, stepdad. Yeah. Is exactly bummer. Yeah, bummer. Yeah, yeah. Bummer. bummer. And so, which is important to I think Nellie's personality. So it's important to know that like she saw her mom being abused, mm-hmm. and her mom left quickly. Yeah. yeah. Which I. Like in that. the 1800s is actually like a yeah. pretty amazing thing, right? Yeah. So um, after the divorce, Mary Jane took this like this chunk of family and they moved to Pittsburgh. Um, so now it's just her and the five kids. Yeah. But Nellie, by the time she was like 15, she was really no slouch. She actually knew that she was going to have to support herself and she didn't want to be dependent on anyone else. Yeah. So at 15, she enrolled herself in the state normal school in Indiana, PA. The, the normal school? Oh, super normal. <laughs> uh, what can you tell me about this school? Well, it's definitely normal. It's, it's very, uh, I want you to think of uh, Xavier's School of Gifted Children. Not okay? That. Opposite. It's the, It's not that one. Yeah. yeah. It's very normal. When your kid comes, graduates from this, people are going to look at him and go, vanilla. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of, because it was a teaching school, right? So yeah. like she, so it is a normal school. Um, yeah. So, because normally you graduate and then become a teacher. I just, I just feel like it's suspicious to call it normal. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like, what's the school about? Normal? Um, 
okay, no murder here, university. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck is going on? Definitely not a cult yeah. Uh, yeah. church. Yeah. Okay. That's a... <laughs> yeah. Well. Side note. Wait, you all know what school this is, though, which is crazy. The State Normal School of Pennsylvania is actually... It was founded in 1875. Okay. Uh, it was later purchased by the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania in 1927. Okay. And it became the Indiana State Teachers College. And subsequently, I'm going to build this up. <laughs> yeah. Subsequently. Okay. It became Indiana State College in 1959. And after achieving university status in, in 1965, what did it become? Penn State? No. No. <laughs> I don't know. Indiana In- University. Of yeah. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yeah, which has always been super annoying. That's yes. called Indiana University yes. of Pennsylvania. Which is because... It's like is- there's a whole other state called Indiana. <laughs> Call it something else, you fucks. Right. So there you go. Thank yeah. you. Thank why. you. I, meanwhile, I was like, I don't know what universities would... I've be heard of Indiana like- University. I, I know a few people who I think at least applied to it. I don't know anyone who actually went So to now it. if you ever meet anyone that went there, you can be like, that's real normal. Oh, you yeah. went to yeah, a normal like a school? inside joke for yourself yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> that's real normal. Oh, Yo, you yeah. went to a normal school. The school is so normal, they named it after a different state. <laughs> a boring state. Yeah. Hey, oh, I'm just kidding. Hey. Indiana, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> but I've never been. Well, I feel like my whole time growing up, I was like, wait, do you go... So is it the University of Pennsylvania? Yeah. And they're like, no, it's Indiana University of Pennsylvania. And I'm like, no, I feel like you're just doing a run on sentence now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is it? Well, it also sucks, too, because it's like University of Pennsylvania is not Penn State. No. And it's also like, that's a very specific place, University of Pennsylvania. Yes. And they're like, but Indiana University is a totally different place. Right. And so now Indiana University of Pennsylvania... Like, just call it the normal school. <laughs> just see, I think Go back to just normal back. school. Oh, go my back. God. It makes it, they could never not be confusing. It would be so much better. I, okay. went to, I went to Penn State, and people used to always be like, oh, Ivy League. And I was like, You know, yeah, more, more sure. CEOs come from Penn State than any other uh, university. It's very true. It's very yeah. hard to, like, work somewhere and not be... Penn, a, like, there's yeah. a lot of Penn Staters. But I always thought States. it was funny. People thought, I just assumed I went. To an Ivy League school, and I just never corrected them. And then my friend, oh, because they're thinking University of Pennsylvania. Yes. And then oh. my other friend went to the University of Pennsylvania, and people would be like, "Oh, Nittany Lions," and he'd be like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what does that tell like, you about us? I like. I thought he was going to be mad that that other people were getting stolen valor of like going to like, you think you think Penn State? I have stolen. So I, yeah, I have stolen, stolen valor. Yeah, you have that. stolen Ivy League valor. That's what it is. That's so good. Which to be fair, though, to be getting the Ivy League, you have to steal land. Yes. <laughs> OK. But also what's interesting is that on my resume, I just write one of the Pennsylvania schools you choose. And that way they can just figure out which yeah. one I went to. Oh. And whatever one they like the best. That's smart. Yeah. I'll agree. On my resume, I said, place I used to do Adderall. <laughs> uh, yep. That's right. Like, you were probably always helpful around like large dormitories. You probably helped everyone turn their clocks ahead and back. Mm. Yeah. I was like, guys, wake up. <laughs> An hour later. It was 2 a.m. But now it's 3 a.m. <laughs> I had a very different experience yeah. than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so she goes to normal school. She goes to normal school. Um, she drops out after a year and a half. Oh, she couldn't handle it. She's too exceptional. She actually ran out of money, which makes it even oh. worse because oh. she was so interested in going to school and she wanted to do all this. So she ran out of money. So she dropped out. Uh, and then she moved back to Pittsburgh. Mm. So she's help, broke and she's not normal. Right. And then she moved back to Pittsburgh to help her mom run a boarding house, which is like that's pretty normal. Baby. What you think someone's going to do in the 1800s, because I feel like that's what every book we ever read. Yeah. Like said women did was like yeah. run a boarding house and then like. Yeah, it, it's it. like it's like run a boarding house or uh, a brothel. or a brothel or get tuberculosis and die while a poet like yearns for you. Oh my god, I love Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, where is he going with this? Yeah. No, I just yeah. feel like that's like most true. of those stories back then. It's, it's like, oh. So she did that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm at 21 years old. 21. So it's like 1881 now. Okay. okay. I think it's important to know the time period because this is like 1881. Like what were women doing at that time? Yeah. 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 Running boarding houses. Running boarding houses. Not yeah. much else. But you have like the suffragette movement's beginning. Yeah. It was like really starting to pick up steam. I, and you have like the pushing that's happening also for uh trying to like a prohibition. Yes. So there's yeah. a, and this is and that's like so we're she's twenty one year old and she's like, I am helping my mom run this boarding house and she reads this article and it's called I want to make sure I get the newspaper's name right. The Pittsburgh Dispatch. Okay. Okay. So this is a leading newspaper in Pittsburgh from eighteen forty to nineteen twenty three. Okay. okay. So this article like fired her up because it talks about how a woman's place is in the home mm-hmm. and to be a helpmate to a man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. now Elizabeth is furious. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, a trad wife? Trad wife? She's 1881. Pissed. And she was like, yo, fuck your Instagram. <laughs> She's like changing the bedding yeah. of whoever this person in the boarding house. And she's like, you think this is Reading the best the I can do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. She's like, this man pissed and shit himself. In this bed. Yeah. And he paid me a nickel. Yes. Yep. I'm not helping anyone. I'm no. doing I'm earning. I'm done. I'm earning. Yeah. So how does she deal with her curiosity? <laughs> I'm hoping she writes a letter to the editor. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> yeah. You got to write a strongly yes, worded email. A strongly yeah. worded letter. I, um, she does it anonymously under like a pen name. Perfect. Okay. I uh, love the fact. See, that's the thing is back in the day, like people would write a strongly worded letter. Sounds so much better than a mean tweet. Yeah, and then then she subtweeted somebody. Doesn't yeah. doesn't Boo. have the same Boo. same oomph to it. It doesn't. Yeah. No. So Liz Cochran sits down and writes a letter and says, "I I don't need no man to That's whom right. it may concern." So yeah. she does it under the name Lonely Orphan Girl. She, <laughs> and then she like in this letter she strongly disagrees with the points in the original article. I look, it's like yeah. strongly disagrees. Yeah. I yeah. strongly. You can disagree. hear her like. Hitting the period and on the end of the like, what else? Definitely no exclamation points, but I, also everywhere in the letter. Yeah, I, right? I can picture her holding up quill. Uh, I don't know if they still used quills then, but she's like, and I said good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. licks the quill. Yeah. Um. So the editor of the paper's name was George Madden, okay. George A. Madden. Okay. Uh, he was super impressed by this. Any so, relation oh. to John Madden? No, most likely. <laughs> All the games are about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The games are not, they're actually like secretly like a history dump, those games. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're running the to Madden the games. Yes. All the Madden games. Yeah. Um, he was so impressed. When that. I think when I think of Madden 94, I think of suffragettes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. You had no idea. You were like, it was like secretly giving yeah. you all of this historical. Yeah. You're like, why do I want to read the Pittsburgh Dispatch right now? Yeah. Um, I just feel like women do deserve the right to vote. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So he's so impressed. He responds to the letter in the paper asking the lonely orphan girl to reveal her identity. Okay. So he's impressed with her writing skills. Yeah. Is that what it's... Yeah, he was basically... Well, he was impressed with her writing skills and he was impressed with the fact that she actually like came back and was like, no. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Yeah, like what you're saying is wrong. And he was like, who's this... She's got gumption. Yeah, I imagine it's like, oh yeah, see, like, oh, she's got gumption. Let's this uh, kid's got moxie. Yeah, I was gonna say moxie. It's gotta be moxie. Uh, yeah. So, um, she goes in. She shows up at the office, and he immediately offers her a job. So she's twenty-one years old, and she's offered a job at the Pittsburgh Dispatch, wow. proving proving her point that she doesn't just have to be a helpmate to exactly. a guy. She can get a real job. Yeah, instantly got a job because she's a what woman? 
Wow. Wow. I see that wokeness has always been a problem in America. <laughs> you know, I bet like, if she was. Did he ask for her credentials? Yeah, exactly. I bet if she was a 21 year old man who walked in there, he wouldn't have just handed her a job wow. in the mailroom. And then eventually she began to CEO of the company. And then eventually, you know, that after about three generations, his kids own enough of planes and other wealth to actually bankrupt an entire nation. You're right. He wouldn't have had to start in the mailroom. Yeah. Yeah. Because mail yeah. mailrooms don't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. It would have been a much faster cycle. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. But I guess she couldn't go. She couldn't start in the mailroom because it's not called the female room. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> a lot of partying on this. Yeah. Uh, so this is when her pseudonym changes. Okay. okay. From the lonely or- orphan girl. She was like, Boom. let me think about that <laughs> name. Lonely orphan. I don't know if I want to write under that name forever. Yeah. yeah lonely orphan girl. That does slap though. No. <laughs> it's, it reminds me of like when you, um, like when YouTubers in like the, early aughts yeah. would come up with like a, a name for their YouTube channel that was like Lonely Orphan Girl and then they become successful and it's like 15 years later and they're still like my name is Karen Snephalopoulos but you call me Lonely Orphan Girl and like they can't yeah. rebrand because all of their I, content is I'm in like that name. I'm like five years older than you and <laughs> what you're saying is the same thing. I'm like this is everyone that picked an email address oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. in like 1999 and it yeah. was yeah. like pick up my t-shirts 22 well, yeah, but that's the <laughs> at AOL.com. Well Gen Z kids are always yelling about millennials like why can't millennials pick like a regular screen name? It's like well because we were yelled at forever to not use your... Yes. The internet was supposed to be lies like we had all agreed that listen we're all pretend to be somebody else on the internet 100%. and then one day some asshole was like no it's actually you and you're like no but i've been optimus prime 69 420 <laughs> for years and then like, like that's cringe now how many aim aol instant yeah. messenger how many aim i love that i was like aol instant messenger <laughs> yeah i had you at aim i know i knew what it but, was but i don't know some of your listeners yeah, could be like 14 i don't know they might not know what i hope is. not they were yeah. like why and then some yeah. could be really old and be like why is she using a toothpaste um so <laughs> but it's I a had, good you spread gotta, you, it's a good spread you gotta be pretty old to still be using aim toothpaste that's yeah. like you have to seek that Wasn't one out aim the one that had the three yeah it was like the red white and blue <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i'm doing that thing with my hand you know exactly <laughs> what it is um but so the swoop yeah i had like four aim names yeah yeah because it was like the different dudes i'd be talking to. like <laughs> i don't want them to like in case they knew each other i didn't want yeah. them to know that they were talking to the same person yeah yeah so Lonely Orphan Girl decides to rebrand. Yeah, okay. Her new AIM name is now Nellie Bly, which apparently at that time was like a really popular song. So, okay, so oh. she just called herself a popular song. Yes, pop song. So now so she she's go- like, my new name is Taylor Swift's Folklore Album. You're like, what? That would be something you would do. I would. So she like rewrote that letter, yeah. but now it's Nelly's version. Yeah. Right? <laughs> she had to re-record it. She had to re-record yeah. it. She wanted to retain I'm Lonely rights. Orphan Girl, <laughs> Nelly's version. So, okay. So now let's go to journalism. Okay. So Nelly Bly is so now a journalist. She's officially a journalist. She walked in and she said, mm. She didn't even have to graduate college. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. She yeah. didn't even go to fucking normal she school. Girl, she girl bossed her way. Yeah, really I love close. this. I love it. Okay. If so you she, add a couple of musical numbers to this, it's a real sweet, like, <laughs> Broadway show. That would right? work, yeah. She's like, I am no longer working at the boarding school. <laughs> Whatever. Changing dirty okay. poop sheets. Yeah. There you go. Boarding house, you're right. Boarding house, yep. Okay, so she now is at Pittsburgh Dispatch. This is where she gets good at what she's, like, known for. Mm-hmm. Um, she becomes an investigative reporter here. She gets so good and into investigating that she goes undercover. Okay. Which Ooh. is kind of like not the thing to be done at that time. Yeah. And yeah. then like for a woman to be doing it is even 
Yeah, like, it's crazy. Cuckoo-cuckoo, right? Yeah, yeah. So she goes into a factory and then immediately writes all about the terrible working conditions. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. You have to think about the area that she's in. She's in Pittsburgh, and this is basically like <laughs> everyone. It's like look and the time. So yeah, you're writing about the people who own the factories. They're working, and all these people like probably also own the newspaper but like all these people (laughs) live in that area and they know you know the newspaper knows all of them things haven't changed very much yeah and um she's writing so good and honest about the horrors of factory life that she immediately gets moved to the females like the women's (laughs) society pages (laughs) they're like nope they were like nope um we're gonna make you a society columnist they're like she was she became carrie bradshaw in that moment yes literally like the big bosses of the dispatch they were like, hey, yeah, I know we hired you because you have a really good perspective on the world, but your perspective is uh, fucking with our cash. <laughs> yes, basically, they were yeah. so concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Why'd you write about hats and scarves, you bitch? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Carrie got that, that job at Vogue. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> That's actually what that episode's about. <laughs> it's about Nellie Bly. Uh, yeah. Many months ago, I may have made a joke on this podcast that Carrie Bradshaw was literally the worst, but that's before I knew she did investigative journalism <laughs> talking about the exploitation of human labor. Yes, there you go. I didn't know. Yeah. And by many months ago, you mean exactly last week in real time, <laughs> in real but time. for the listeners about five months ago. I was ago. trying to keep the lie alive about yeah. the timing. Yeah. Okay. Nah, we're done with that. We're done with it. <laughs> Listen, we learned I'm from- sweating because I'm, like, I'm so excited. We like, learned from Nellie Bly to just be honest. Yeah. And the yes. only thing to lie about, your name. Right, mm. Mrs. Pearlmania? <laughs> It's good. It's a good Got her good, you fucker. Do you know how I have to keep on looking back at my notes? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't want to say anything wrong. Um, That's okay. It's okay. All right. So they were concerned about pissing off the local owners of these factories. And so they saw her as a threat. Yeah, obviously. This 21 year old. Well, because she had good access, because people didn't suspect her because she was a woman. Yes. So she could get into a situation like that. And nobody cared if a woman saw something like that because they're like, (laughs) what is she going to do? What's she going to do about it? Yeah. It reminds me of um, someone. What's she going to do? Have her period? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It reminds me of number one, the lady from the Pinkertons that you did. Yes. Yeah. 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 From the Pinkertons. And also, um, the Windsor album? No, no, the, no, no, the, the, the <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, I'm done, she's the last That was that Weezer song. Yeah, right? no, oh, yeah. The, the, that the, is from Pinkerton, right? Yeah, yeah. no, but the, the Pinkertons were a private uh, police force that oh, right, ha- yeah. that hired the, the owner of which hired a woman. Um, who like very early on he didn't have any female agents and then he quickly like she, he hired this lady because she like fucking owned him immediately yeah. and then he was like oh shit men are dumb and none of them actually like look women in the eye because they're all afraid of them and then women can just walk into anything yeah and then she immediately was like the best spy yeah, yeah. so that's basically spy. that's what this is yeah, so yeah. she's like this 21 year old probably unassuming yeah yep. they like let her walk into this factory and then she immediately trashes it yeah she that. reads it for filth. Yeah. So okay, on the so, pages of the Pittsburgh. So Dispatch. now, now we're going to talk about society life. Is that what's no. Happening? So they tell her they like her basically like you need to write in the society pages, and she's like, I have no interest in this. Yeah. So um, I have no interest in writing about women's issues. Whoa. Right. So she ends up volunteering to go to Mexico. Okay. So this is what, what like eighteen seventy eight or something right yeah not even no 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 not even there yet right we're still early in the 1870s but so she goes to mexico for six for six months 
to do write, a story to just write on location for the well, dispatch. If she's twenty one. She was born eighteen sixty four. So we're like eighteen eighty five around that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's eighteen eighty five, and she goes to Mexico to write a story. Do we know what it's about? No, she just goes there. She's on location. She comes back. She fucking grifted him. She's like, if you don't want me to talk about these fucking factories, then I yeah, want all expenses paid shame. fucking trip. Well, so what's happening in the Cabo. late eighteen hundreds between Mexico? Is it? Uh, I mean, there's probably it's. It's probably pretty dicey down there because uh, there's a lot of... This is around the same time as the war between... Well, no, the Mexican-American War was in the 1850s. So it was earlier. But so I'm imagining still that there's probably not... Is this prob- Pancho Villa? <laughs> like, so she's, <laughs> so uh, she's, so she's down there writing about Mexico because they basically were like, we need someone to go on location there. So I imagine it's either about the rebuilding or about people... I don't know. Is, yeah. it, is it Mexico at the time? Um they had stuff. They had just stuff going on. Stuff yeah. going on. Okay, so she's yeah. writing about the stuff happening in Mexico. Well, and that's what I think. Is, is enjoying stuff, the but sun. But also, like, I think about this. So she's a 21-year-old who agrees to go, volunteers to go to Mexico, like, by herself and work for the newspaper just to not write about yeah. shoes and I purses. Yeah, I really appreciate that for Yes. Her. And then um, she comes back and she does such a good job that they're like, oh, we still want you to write for the society <laughs> pages because we don't trust the... We don't trust your shit. Yeah. Like, we don't trust you You're to keep it, like, to take it smart down a young lady. Right. So she leaves. Yeah. She and quits. She, goes, she quits. Okay. And she heads to the Big Apple. Oh, she goes to New oh, York. Oh, she's going to follow her dreams. Okay. Yeah. She She's, like, hopeful that in New York City, they'll be a little bit open-minded about what a woman can do. Yeah, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> Still 1880s New York. Yeah, so I mean, I I will say they're probably going to be a little bit more open minded than Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, a little I mean, bit, she's, but she's definitely going to be bright eyed. Yeah, you know, yeah. bright eyed, bushy tailed. Yeah, mm-hmm. from she's Western like, Pennsylvania, basically Joe March from Little Women, like going there. Yeah, she's going to meet the German yeah. writer. But um, so she's turned away a lot from different newspapers. A lot. Okay, she's turned. She so she's going in. She's knocking on doors. They're like, get out of here, please yes, leave. One hundred percent, because you know at that time that's how you try to get jobs. Like yeah. so she was just like sitting trying to. Boomers still think that's how you get jobs. Yeah, you know? that's like, very I, funny. That's very funny that she did. Like, no, right? You're ne- listen. You walk in and you won't. You don't leave until someone takes yeah. your resume. She's you know, been, like literally lifting herself up. By yeah, her and now dress. they're like, um, can you go online and take a Myers Briggs test for six hours, and mm-hmm. then we'll never respond to you. I'm yellow. Can you red, upload blue, green. your <laughs> yeah. resume and then rewrite your resume into? To this formatting yeah, system. Why is there no software that can actually oh, there upload is. the resume? There is. They just don't want it. Because at the end of the day, with any job application, it's who you know. It's yeah. who you, you got to know somebody that's already working there for them to actually pull it out of yes. the stack. And they also will never tell you you didn't get the job. They just say, we're going to keep you, uh, we're going to hold you on file yeah, just, just to keep you a future reference. Are they actually doing that though? No. 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 No, no because privacy laws means they have to get rid of my shit in 90 days anyway. So see, let's do a deep dive. Whoa. <laughs> we just learned something, everybody. Call your lawyer if you don't got a job. <laughs> oh. Okay, so so Nellie Bly's going. So she's, she's going door to door. She's getting the door demanding her jobs. face. It's like a 1980s movie. Yeah, um, she's trying to find this investigative journalism job, and that didn't actually really exist at that time, right? So, so like she's like, I want to go undercover, and people are like, You're wild. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really happen. Like that's not yeah. how they do it. People yeah. are like, Oh, let's write about you know tables. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tables. And um New so- <laughs> idea breaking today. Putting making hot tea cold. Woo! Taking the it. world fair by storm. That's it. We have about thirty seven pages of coverage of that in the new today's paper. She goes to um the New York World. Okay. Okay. New okay. York World was owned by Joseph Pulitzer. 
Oh, okay. Who's name you might know from all of the prizes he gives he out. He gives out big prizes. For award-winning journalism. Yeah. Oh, so I like not the, too shabby. Yeah. I thought he was the door-to-door guy. Am I thinking of the wrong prize? <laughs> Are you thinking of Ed McMahon? Yeah. Oh, that's You're what I was thinking. Publisher's Clearinghouse. That's what I was and thinking. And I would love to know where you thought this story was going. <laughs> that's amazing. I can tell this is how you know that pregnancy rocks somebody's brain. She really went moment, there. I've been hiding for months because we're, we're only about to tell everybody right. on the podcast that she's pregnant. <laughs> I've been glossing over this for months. I felt like Mitch McConnell's like assistant. The way that she's My there's brain. been times. Like, Do you want a snack? Yeah, no. But there's been times where she's looked at me that like Pulitzer. She's like, oh, like um, the guy would give you a big check in your door. I'm like, the fuck are you? Her brain's gone. It's mush in there. It's mush. I have nothing left. Well, you have like a leech in your body yeah. that's yeah. Like stealing Taking all, all of your my, energy. My brain power. Yeah. yeah, all of her blood. But anyway, how cool would it be if the Pulitzer, they showed up at your house with like a giant book and balloons? <laughs> and that's like the award. That's like how you get that award. Yeah. It's, it's like just the drunk Ed McMahon. <laughs> all right, you bought enough magazines. Why did they stop doing the Publishers Clearing They still house? do it. They just do it different. The big part of Publishers Scams. Cl- well, it was a scam. Uh, but the other big part of fake. Publishers Clearing House was also um, it was magazine based. You had to be like you had to be subscribed to all these different magazines like through. Oh wait, so it was like Colum- like the Columbia House Records. Yeah, thing? yeah, so it was kind of like that. Because pu- I was always like, what publisher are they clearing well, their house? Like I didn't really understand. Publishers Clearing House, I think, and don't I, I'm not sure, but I believe it was more. Of a are you dis- going to hit the allegedly button? <laughs> oh no, that's a fair point. Allegedly, I believe it was a distributor. Right. So it was like these magazine companies, like people would ship to Publishers, publishers oh, Clearinghouse, okay, okay. and then they would send you the 30 magazines you had to have to be in the running for Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah. You had to and, get that Women's World, yep. that Food Network, yep. the Paula Dean before it got canceled. Yeah, all those different you had to ones. all the different magazines. TV Guide, all those different ones. So instead, you know... You had some publishers who would send directly to you. You had all these different ones. And then some of them would sign up for this program because that meant that they would have higher sales. So then in my new version, the Pulitzer version, you have to have like really good books, Pulitzer <laughs> prize winning books being sent to your house consistently to yep. read them. And then if you win, they blow up a giant book with balloons and very drunk Ed McMahon shows up. So for the children out there who are very young who apparently <laughs> listen to this podcast, um, Ed McMahon with Publishers Clearinghouse was the equivalent of Mr. Beast at Walmart. Yep. Oh, yeah, I totally. Yeah, that's what it was. But what's way more interesting about Ed McMahon is that that was only one of his side hustles. Yes. Like Ed McMahon also was the sidekick on The Tonight Show. Yeah, and, and he, and he had Search. Yeah, like, he had like, this dude had so many jobs. But the thing is, is a lot of those guys, and we'll get back to Nelly in just a second. Just I mean, maybe. Because, I, <laughs> where are we going? Hold on. When you go look at all these classic television personalities, like they all had like 37 jobs, but they all made all this money. And part of the reason for that, though, is because they all just were all getting they were serially divorced. Yeah. Every single one of them, like Johnny Carson would get married like every four years. He was getting married and divorced. I think he was on like his fifth or sixth wife by the end of his career. Yeah. Like they just would go through this because they're from a time period where like, well, you got to get married. And I was like, well, right. not really. You yeah. don't have to. And they're like, no, nah, I have to. I'm a, I'm a personality. If I'm if I'm living with my wife and I'm a girl in sin, mm-hmm. I'll lose my job. It's like, well, or you could, now you owe her half. How do you owe six people half? <laughs> like, oh, man. You got to go make some extra halves. Yeah, exactly. So that's how you end up door to door in Tacoma, Washington, 
telling a third a, a, a grandmother of nine yep. that she just got thirty eight thousand dollars. Hell yeah, dude! That'll be posted on WPHL seventeen <sighs> at nine thirty in the morning. Meanwhile, I, I think about all those women how smart they are. They're yeah. Like I'm just gonna marry this guy for a couple of years and get fucking half. Yeah, yeah dude. Like, yeah. Bye. Yeah. You're like Johnny Carson, insufferable. <laughs> yeah. For three years. Yeah. Not I'm that taking bad. it. Yeah. It's an investment. It I'm, is an I'm investment. taking all of Mrs. Promania's money. The <laughs> I'm robbing her fucking blind. All right. I know who the ta- where the talent lies. Yeah. Well, it's over here. Yeah. Speaking of talent, so she got okay. a job at the Pulitzer place. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. So she basically is like, "This is what I want to do. I want to go undercover," and um, so she's. But this is, I'm going to give you a year again because she's only 23. So it's 1887. Okay. So she's 23. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like she's got, a, she's got the cojones. She's yeah. got the balls, this girl. She's yeah. like, she's 23. She's formerly known, the writer formerly known as Elizabeth Cochran. So she's Nellie Bly of the New York world now. She's yeah. 23 years old and hired to be an investigative journalist. And she's basically off to the races. Okay. So her first story, she wants to go undercover. And she arranges to be admitted to a New York a sane asylum. Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ, For, for the poor. So not oh, even. Oh, yeah. jeez. So it's called Blackwell Island Insane Asylum. Oh, my God. Wait, go- didn't they do a version of that on, or that was in the 60s, though. They what? they did um, on American Horror Story. There's a season where they're it's in probably an asylum. And it, I think so, but it was more 60s based. But they, they have a whole season about being in an asylum. And there's a news reporter who's doing expose and she checks herself in so she can. I, I do guarantee it. you that this is the inspiration yeah. for that. So she goes in to Blackwell Island for 10 days and <sighs> like writes all about it. This is going to be her first like stunt reporting. Mm-hmm. So, what is Blackwell Island? I'll give you a little history on that. So, we know it today as Roosevelt Island. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, it's the island between Manhattan and Queens in New York City. And this, <laughs> if you really want to know, it's the scene where like Tobey Maguire, when he's the Spider Man. Like, and they're riding that weird gondola thing and, like, hi- hanging from the wire. That's the, that's, like, the tram to okay. Roosevelt Island. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what Roosevelt Island, so that's what Blackwell Island is. So that, that place where there's all those apartment buildings now yeah, yeah, was yeah. actually, I think it was first, like, a prison and yeah. then an insane asylum. And then I think it became, like, hospitals. And yeah. so it changed its name. It was Blackwell Island, or was it, yes. Blackwell Island and then Welfare Island in 1912. Oh, they're no. very like on the nose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Welfare oh, Island. No. <laughs> oh no. What's happening here? Jesus. <laughs> oh no. The branding was not yeah. good on that one. Okay. And, every, that, and like, then every other block is named like Potter's Field, probably. And <laughs> yeah. then um, and then it finally became Roosevelt Island in okay. 1973. But it was an insane asylum, so it's basically like Shutter Island, like that Leo DiCaprio yes. movie. So there's, we, we're taking all we're taking all the people with problems who are yes. poor, mm-hmm. and we're putting them on an island, locking them up in it, and we don't have cameras, so this is not a fun game show. Well, no. and it's, it's all women too. It's oh, it's like, all women. Okay. Well, I think the side that she, well, at the time, I think that like everything was split. So yeah. the side that she was on, the unfortunates were women. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually gonna read you the opening paragraph. Okay, this. cool. All right, cool. Let's hear from Nellie Bly herself. Yes. So, should I do the voices? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, on the 22nd of September, wait a second. That's I didn't realize that this was a September thing and it's we're recording. Oh my god, so wild. But the listeners are in January. <laughs> it means nothing to you. Okay. So, on the 22nd of September, I was asked by the New York World if I could my I could have myself committed to one of the asylums for the insane in New York. With a view to writing a plain and unvarnished narrative of the treatment of the patients therein and the methods of management, etc. 
Did I think I had the courage to go through with such an ordeal as the mission would demand? Could I assume the characteristics of insanity to such a degree that I would pass the doctors, live for a week among the, among the insane, without the authorities there finding out that I was only a child among, <laughs> child among them taking notes? She does write that in a weird way. Yeah. I just want to give you... And um, I said, I believe I could. I had some faith in my own ability as an actress and thought I could assume insanity long enough to accomplish any mission entrusted to me. Could I pass a week in the insane ward at Blackwell's Island? I said I could, and I would, and I did. <laughs> so she did it. She totally went in there for 10 days. I'd be so afraid they wouldn't let me out. I'm That's glad, the big fear. Can I say something? I'm really glad that she writes the same way, like, um, like basically almost every... Uh, racist explorer writes in the 1880s too. <laughs> could I pretend to be a crazy lunatic who doesn't deserve rights? Oh, yes, I could. Oh, yes, I could. Oh, oh, I believe I am very good at this and I did it. <laughs> like, that's a very, I like that it's a very 1880s yes, it, writing style. You can feel the time. And also, but yeah. then it becomes more amazing to me to think that she was like 23. Yeah. yeah. Like at 23, I was trying, like, I, I was, you know, whatever. I'm like a feminist. I'm, I am. And like, I was a pretty strong woman at 23. Yeah. But I definitely wasn't like, you know what I totally want to do <laughs> is get uh, checked into an insane asylum with like no plan to get out. Like I'm totally no. into it. Like I was not doing that. At 23 year old me was not making any type of decisions like anywhere near this no. zone. Yeah. I think uh, I'm trying to think of what I was doing at 23. I think I was just like, I think one time I was working at a dry cleaner. Mm. Yeah. That's what I was doing. Yeah. I was working at a dry cleaner and just like, ah, this sucks. One time uh, my old roommate and I, who we both worked at the same uh, restaurant together, we didn't have enough money because we just paid rent. So we were counting change to go get drunk at Bar Noir. Mm. Doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> I know what Bar Noir is. <laughs> my, sister, my, my sister used to tell me stories of Bar Noir. And I was like, being an adult is magical. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everybody... You dance on tables there? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So Nellie and I, different experiences. Very different experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Could I? I did. And I would. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah. That's what I... At Bar Noir. Could I find <laughs> enough money to get drunk in coins? I said I could. And, and I, I would. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> yes. I, like, I, I like the idea of there's definitely some like older guy wearing a bowler hat with a long mustache reading this in the paper go this young lady has both gumption and moxie yes. <laughs> like, yeah all right so so she okay. goes in so but I'll, let's also but we should take a moment to think about like how fire that like that, that <laughs> yeah. 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 she's basically like i'm gonna do this yeah and um she's 23 years old and so the insert gets a job at new york world she's sitting around at a pitch meeting and i'm <laughs> Sure, everyone else is like, yes, I will report on the hot nuts Yeah, on Fifth Avenue, right? Like, yeah. I will report on this. Oh, yes, I will report on the gangs down in the fields. Yeah. Because I, they're English in my mind, always. Yeah. Because And they're probably still reporting about the, the king. They're yeah. like, yeah, let's talk about the king. Yes, 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 wonderful, wonderful. And she's like, you know what I want to do? And they're like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. And- one guy's like, mm, they just invented this new game called Bases Ball. I'm going to spend the next 30 years talking about this. I'm going to um, pretend I'm insane. Yes. Mm-hmm. And be locked up in the one place on earth no one wants to be. Yeah. And I'll she. Be back in, in a less gif. than a fortnight. <laughs> I'll be back in a gif. Yeah. Um, but she has no plan to get out either, though. Which That's what I'm this, I'm so concerned about. How do you get out? So she wants, to go to an, <laughs> she wants to go to an insane asylum. 
on Black Widow and pretend to be insane. And she says she wants to do it so she can write about how people who don't have money, Mm -hmm. like how they're treated at the facility, which I'm sure those newspaper writers, as much as they want to be of the people in the 1870s, were still not of the people. They were probably like, ooh. This was pre-deodorant. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to point that out. This is pre-deodorant and pre-like most scented soaps. Well, and I used all of my history of this time from, I get most of it from Martin Scorsese's Gangs of New York. Oh, probably like 100% do. So I'm like, like Cameron Diaz. And like Bill the Butcher. Bill the Butcher. Perfect. This is now that's how I'm picturing it. And like how you can you know, like Mm -hmm, you know, she's mm -hmm. like, I wanna go to like They're like, why would we care what's happening to the poor and insane? Yes. Why? Why would we write about how to keep the milk from spoiling? You know, like how do we keep them in there? That's the article. How do you keep them in? (laughs) Exactly. Well they're insane because they're poor and they're poor because they don't work hard and pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. There you go. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 Get the cigars all around. Yes, <laughs> yes, they're good for digestion. Yeah. Well, and I, like so, and at that time too. So she's twenty three year old, and I'm sure the New York world was probably more progressive than most. But like, I'm still almost positive that like there wasn't anyone else that looked like her at these pitch meetings. Yeah, yeah. right. Like so, like these. these I imagine they, like she probably took it as Im- like like they agreed, and they were probably all were just like staring mouth agape at her, like. Yeah. What? I, in my mind, she's in a boardroom with all these men who are smoking cigars that are better for their digestion, and they're talking about their pitches they're doing, and they, she makes their pitch, and in my mind, they never even hear it. Like, the way that, like, you hear bird chirping. Yes, go. Like, they're like, did she get the coffees we asked for? Like, they, she's like, I'm going to go do this insane asylum thing, and if she would have went missing, because I'm assuming she didn't, because there's more pages on her. <laughs> They would have never known because no. they didn't know she went because they didn't listen to a woman talk. That's probably, I mean, that's probably, I, you go there and then I immediately, I'm like, she's basically J.C. Wyatt and Baby Boom. Like, that's like who she is yeah. to me. She's just like, you know, I'm trying to pitch the food chain account, like yeah. whatever it is. But like, that's like, she had all of this, like, I, it is gumption. It's, it's gumption. so weird. Like, she had all of this to be like, I'm going to do this. This is, and I'm going to hit this out of the park. It's my yeah. first thing that i'm gonna do and they're like all right crazy yeah go, and they're just like fun. maybe you heard, should be they heard charlie <laughs> brown's mom voice they're like mah, mah, mah. they don't like what <laughs> they're like maybe she does need to be yeah put in this insane lay, lay so, so, so what changed. happens so what happened to the insane asylum so she decides she's such a good actress and then she goes into the asylum for a week uh and she's gonna fool everyone but before she goes in she asks her editor like how he's gonna get her out and he said not quite sure about that one yet have fun bye <laughs> Like, he really oh, did not no. know how he was going to get her out. Oh, no. And she was like, all right, whatever. Um, I love that she's like, I'm such a good actress. That they're just no. So she doesn't have a plan to get out. So she basically turns into Nellie Brown. Because she's like, she had all these great, like, pen names. And all of a sudden, now she's Nellie Brown. Like, she couldn't she decide to change her first name. She just went Nellie Brown. Okay. okay. She went. Um, so she checks into a temporary home for women, which is like the step before an insane asylum. It's like a board. It is basically a boarding house, right? So okay. she goes there and then she, you know, acts a, acts she, a fool. She acts a fool mm. so that she can oh, get. Oh, I want rights. I want rights. Yeah. Lock her up. <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. Because you have to, to. She knew that she actually had to get like legitimately. The Bible's just a book. She's insane. Yes. Yeah. She had to get legitimately put in. Yeah. Yeah. So. So the 302 or. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes. They do that. The thing. 302. The 302 yeah, yeah. Um, she gets herself committed through the court system. Oh like, my God, she is committed. No. She, she gets herself committed through the court system okay. to go to Blackwell Island. I'm so Island. concerned. She is, it's amazing because um, 
she states that after she gets committed, she stops acting insane. And that made everyone treat her like she was more insane. <laughs> yeah. She just said that like acting like herself made the staff way more wary of her. And like they thought she was like the most Looney Tunes. Like, and she said that that wasn't uncommon, that like most of the women in there were either misunderstood, just like poor, probably had gotten pregnant, you know, like all yeah. of these things. Yeah. And like the person that they were with or, or the people who were raised or like just decided that like that we're done. Wh- whatever yeah. she was doing, that woman who is, is now crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're in there and it's terrible conditions. So after 10 days, the lawyer from the newspaper. Mm hmm pulls her like gets her pulled out like goes through the service to get her pulled out they um yeah so the yeah the attorney from the new york world and she immediately goes to writing like she's decides she's gonna do like a couple parts of the series so she goes to she starts writing behind asylum bars okay so that's the it was first published in 18 october right like so not that far after she goes in there she goes in in september yeah she gets out she immediately because it is a newspaper she immediately writes it and it's it has a lot of interest and then she writes the second part and the second part like sells out yeah like immediately and yeah. so they within that same year they're like you should make all of this into a book okay so like her first job yeah yeah gets her a book deal yeah she's Dang. like you know like it's like a it's like if someone wrote this if as only, a movie you'd be like that's not possible man you know I mean? like, yeah. if only there was a publisher for her book that was a clearinghouse <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> when yeah. you get, yeah. So, so, so her first book is published, and it's called uh, what is it called? It's called Ten Days in a Madhouse. It's actually still published today. It's pretty easy to get. Okay, you hmm. can you can actually look it up online. So we're gonna take a little break right here. Mm-hmm. I think oh. it's the perfect spot to take because we just got her first big thing, and then when we come back, you're gonna tell us a little bit more about this. So, mm-hmm. guys, stay tuned and just hold on out. For these commercials, unless you're a member of patreon.com slash promania500, where you can hear this ad-free. Ad-free! Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. And we're back. We're uh, here. Yeah, we're here. You looked up Mrs. Promina. You looked up something uh, I, so, in the break. Uh, pre-break. Pre potato, I looked up um, American Horror Story Asylum because I was like, I that's like the a crucial plot point because it was Sarah Paulson who is the greatest of all time, and I would leave my husband for Sarah Paulson. Okay, you said this minute, too many times. In a minute, I would. You said this she about played... so many women. <laughs> it's actually concerning how many women you said did she leave me for. Um, there's a list. Yeah. So anyway, she plays <laughs> Lana Winters, and I looked it up. And it says here on the wiki page for American Horror Story fandoms that Lana Winters in the her portrayal uh, in the Asylum series is inspired by the historical American journalist Nellie Bly. Yeah, I mean Nellie Bly is. I mean it's pretty cool. She well she created investigative journalism basically. Yeah. Like before her, people didn't go undercover in this type of way, and so yeah. I think it's really 
it's like amazing that she kind of like created this whole sect of stuff that now seems kind of like old hat yeah but so this but that took place in the 1960s so they basically they just, they, they set up Ameri- that that uh, that series of american horror story took place in the 60s and so the reporter went in so it, it's just the, like this the timeline was in the 60s so i was like i don't know if this was in the 60s or the, show, was, the show's from the 2010s yes yeah okay. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, Sarah Paulson. <laughs> I'm Sarah Paulson. Was a show in the 1960s. It was the way you said it. So like that took place in the. I was like, okay, it's a setting. Um, <laughs> but wasn't there a movie too that I feel like there? I, I always think like Shutter Island is similar, but he actually. Yeah. No, Shutter Island is where Leo he thought did, he was a cop. It was the yeah, opposite. he thought he was a cop, but he actually had killed his own wife, and right. then he was convinced that he was being he was insane. They were making him think he was insane. The whole thing. It was pretty good, um, but the um, it's pretty good. I mean, it was one of those ones. I don't know. Some of those movies when they when they do that type of stuff, we're like, well, who's actually the crazy person? I'm like, ah, aren't we all? It's us. It's yeah. always gonna be. A, I'm just watching a movie that's a mirror unto my but own. But that movie, soul. I can rewatch that movie. Shutter Island. Yeah, I rewatch it a lot. Really? Be, part of having anxiety is like okay. oh, yeah, you rewatch, re-watch movies the same yeah, no, okay. because too. it's comforting to know the ending of it. I watch a lot of oh, American okay. horror stories. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter what type of movie it is. Like I can rewatch 27 Dresses. I can rewatch Shutter Island. And I can also rewatch yeah. like Pumpkinhead. And then do you get really mad every single time she cuts up that mom's dress? Every time you just, get mad. you just get really mad. I also get really mad because the, when you rewatch movies that you like are like why doesn't she just go this way yeah instead and then someone's mm-hmm. like then it wouldn't be a movie so <laughs> then it would uh, just be solved yeah <laughs> like there would be no there would be no problem i also play that game where i'm like why do we have why do we need all this drama and it's like these things don't exist without a protagonist like you need that and i'm like oh yeah. just like why can't we just be calm all the time yeah but uh, by but by you know but by creating that protagonist that means that the writers are definitely like for whatever that antagonist is also doing yeah right? yeah like that's clearly how things are written yeah that's how they write things so i looked it up and there is another big movie about this called escaping the madhouse the nelly Bly story oh and it stars christina ricci what when was that um guess what it's on roku so oh okay it's on roku it's got uh 62% rotten tomatoes which i mean who knows what that means anymore but who's tomatoes it was released in 2019 Oh, so it's like recent. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch this. What? Oh, Escaping the Madhouse. Oh, okay. I guess we all know what we're doing this tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're going to learn all I about this. I know. That's pretty cool. I, I read- also love Christina Ricci, so I'm in. I read this story. What? No, I read this story. I think I read the story about like Nellie Bly's actual like, I read a short story about it. Like it was like half the book kind of thing. Yeah. Right after my divorce. <laughs> I was like living with my parents and I was like, it's like I'm in a madhouse. <laughs> um, but I remember I read like all these short stories about New York and this was in it. And I found it so like fascinating because I at the time was like really feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is what this person did. Yeah. And I'm just eating like ramen. Ramen at my parents' house. <laughs> that was my first husband. Then My second husband. We're Way still better. in it. We're still Way in better. it. Way better. 10 out of 10. Way better. I'm not going to reread this book. <laughs> No, but it is interesting. So, like, it is. I keep on thinking about the fact that she's twenty three years old. Yeah. I, and so she wrote this thing, and she's changed investigative journalism. And what's even more amazing is that the New York World like loved it. They loved it because it got readers, but they also just were like, "You actually know what you're doing, so let's just keep on letting you investigate." Yeah. So they let her do a lot of. Um, I'm going to move this down. Yeah, go ahead. They snuck her into a lot of places. They snuck her in. <laughs> They're like, "Get the lawyers. We're sneaking her into stuff." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but what's it? It's okay. So. 
so she gets done with writing the story. She writes the book. And actually, she does a lot of good because she um, she does she does the reporting. And then I think she helps the state, like, testifying in, like, their grand jury. Okay. She, like, works on the grand jury, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, she helps, like, with the, I don't know. All to create of... protections to help people that yeah, are in and there. and she actually, like, helped them win, all, like, additional money. So. Oh. Yeah. So she was able to assist. Uh, yeah. The grand jury investigation. That yeah, led to reform. Awesome. So that her writing, like, I'm like, how unaccomplished do I feel? Like at 24, <laughs> I was like barely paying my rent. And she went to an insane asylum, wrote these stories, and then was able to get more budget appropriated to all of the like insane asylums in New York City. Oh, wow. Mental institutions. Yeah. Sorry. Well, no, no. They were called insane asylums. Yes. Fine. Yes. The, the, the part that's crazy is, is one thing to keep in mind is that um, over time with investigative journalism, right? Like the style of investigative journalism where you go in and like maybe you take photographs or you film these right. days or these stuff uh, in some states have been made illegal. Yeah. So oh. like like especially meatpacking plants um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, how butchers uh, butcher plants and stuff like that. Like the meat industry got so angry at Oprah years ago yeah. for showing uh, films of like how cows were slaughtered and like the conditions they were kept in um, because there were people doing investigative journalism yeah. the same way Nellie Bly would have done where they go in. They're like, Oh yeah, well we're going to be, I'll be a ranch hand or whatever. And then yeah. I'll get the cows to the, to the slaughter and uh, they'd film it and then post it on YouTube. And then it was slowly. And I think it's like Idaho and Montana. Arkansas, or, I think. Yeah. Some of the, but some of these States they've gone in and actually banned that because they claim that the entire area like that entire farm is actually proprietary information. So even though it's like there's definitely First Amendment bullshit that has to go with this, they'll just say like, no, that's all this is proprietary. So that'd be the equivalent of like filming how we make the McDonald's secret sauce. Right. Oh, yeah. so it's like trademarked. Oh, yeah, yeah. They basically are claiming a trademark over like the or entire. Yeah. Over the entire fucking farm system. Did you learn a lot of this when you were researching the vegans? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I I just know this. It's just yeah. it's one of those things that hit my brain. I think in like the late '90s, early 2000s, and I was just like, "Oh, that can't be good for us as a society." Yeah. And then I've just sat here and watched it not be good for us as a society. That's just interesting yeah. because they're saying that it's not only it's not like just private industry. They're saying proprietary, and once something becomes proprietary, then it can be legally like you can be held yeah. liable and litigious and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which, I mean, what's interesting with Nellie Bly, though, is, you know, the first one she was doing was factories, right? Yeah. So, so that was... Yeah. Like, I, was I was thinking about this because she was first doing factories, but then she went to a public institution. Yes. Right? And so, like, public institutions, like, well, nobody really owns a public institution. So you can rip shit out of them all day. It's like, yeah, yeah who's going to get upset? Well, maybe, maybe like, the mayor eventually would get, like, a little mad about it. But, like, not, like... Rich guys who own guns. Yeah, well, and the newspaper. About New York City in the, <laughs> New York City in the late 1800s was not like now. We look at it, and we're like, oh, it's New York City. The, like at that time, New York City people went there because there was a lot of people there. So yep. there was a lot of jobs there. It was gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like we're, yeah, <laughs> so people were literally slipping on banana peels. Yes. It was actually an issue. <laughs> That's where the joke comes from. Bananas which got it, very popular. I love. I know. I know that fact. But every time I hear it, I'm like, "This is great." No, yeah. I know. There was just so many banana peels. And then it's in gross the to think that like you just took the train to Chicago and you were slipping on just meat and skins. Yeah, a whole Chicago- different. Yeah, because they had areas vibe. where they were just butchering stuff, just butchering and tanning. Yeah, you're slipping on stuff, but it's gross. And they're like, now they're like, yeah, that's where we put the bean. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like now you're like, oh, we do. Oh, I touched this big cloud bean, and it's it makes me feel like I'm in space, and there's all this great food. And then you go back to like 1887 Chicago, and they're like, 
Yeah, so that's where we make all the Pollock's murder pigs. <laughs> yes. I mean, the meatpacking district in New York still has a bunch of meatpacking places. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Pollock's stealing pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's got us eye towels down there. <laughs> but she actually wins a lot of money for that. Well, I, I mean, because she did this work... I, and it's big numbers, which I think is kind of cool. So the part, the Department of Public Charities and Corrections was increased from one point five million dollars mm-hmm. to two point three four million dollars. This is eighteen. Million. Yeah, that's, that's pretty a big. lot. With and inflation, that's like a it's like a Costco membership. Yeah, I mean that's like a 30 percent, uh, you know, jump in that thing. And then yeah. fifty thousand dollars of that, which is a lot of the time, was specifically designated to Blackwell Island. Nice, oh. their asylum. That's good. And then it, the. And then they used that money, and then seven years later, um, after the expose was published, they closed it. They closed it. Yeah, yeah. That's usually what happens. They gotta close it down. Come on. And now people live there in condos. In condos with an HOA. I know. (laughs) Condo fees. Condo fees. So she's like, I don't know. What would you do after? I, if I did like that after, and I'd be like, "Well, yeah. what I did, I'd probably be like, yeah. What's your next thing? You because go like, then it's like, ah, the bar's up here. What are you gonna do? Yeah, but also though, this is a time when like photography isn't as big, so it's like she could still. It's not like she's if going in there with a camera. I've learned her. from this podcast is she just has to move two towns over and change her name. She can yeah. do whatever she wants. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's true, especially at that time. Yeah, yeah. and also her name isn't her name. Yeah, so, like oh, she could be grifting. Has yeah. she considered grifting? <laughs> no, she has too much gumption and yeah. money. I know she would yeah, never do she's that. She's too smart. Yeah. Uh, she basically she secured her place as an exceptional journalist. exceptional journalist at the Pulitzer. Yeah, so she wasn't a one hit wonder either, which I think is actually kind of cool. She ended up getting hired by the New York World as a staff writer. Um, I love to put in salaries for twelve dollars a week. Oh, big money, big whoa. money. So that's about in today's it's like three hundred fifty dollars a week today. All right, but at twenty three years old. I mean, that's, 24. She's 24 now. She's 24 there. That's a but shit like, salary. It's, but no, I'm sorry. I the will tell you. cost of living was lower. No, cost of living that's was lower. It would have been like working full time at The Gap in nineteen in 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like being a manager at The Gap. I know this because I love the movie Reality Bites. Yeah. Making <laughs> 350 and, and she talks about making $400 a week. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I, I probably would have killed for that. I was making yeah. $12 an hour. An hour. Like, yeah. And that probably equaled twelve dollars a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I lived in New York City. I couldn't afford. I don't know what I was doing. But so, all right. So, what else did she do? So she decided now, because now she kind of she's carte blanche, right? Because, yeah. So she's done this investigation, and she's big hit. She's written this book. Everyone's all like, "Oh, no, she's so cool." So she's like, "I'm gonna, I'm now gonna continue to investigate." But she started drawing from like her time as a child. Okay. And so she focused on stories that shed a light on abuses of women and children because she was like, you know what? Gotcha. <laughs> she still got that original letter she wrote to the original newspaper. Yeah. She has it. She's like, I will always be lonely orphan child. Yeah. At heart. At heart. Okay. So, so she's, she's she's still using that email account. It's so she went back account. into the factories. And she okay. started exposing the hardships of women working in factories because she oh, was like. And now she got that clout, too. So she's yeah. like, you can't yeah. say shit. Because now you'll get more in trouble. If you're like a factory owner, you know, like, we told Nellie Bly to fuck off. It's like, we can't tell Nellie Bly to fuck off, dude. Right. And, but also at the time, they didn't, she was still unrecognizable because photography is not as big of a thing. She's yeah. basically like, you know, like a stick drawing or whatever. Yeah. yeah she's just another woman. Yeah. So she totally. just applies for a job so, at the radium factory. Whoopsie Whoopsie Daisy. And they're like, yeah, give me your tiny hands. <laughs> Put this 
you know, this little tiny radium in this watch here yeah, or whatever. Don't forget to lick the brush. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, jaw. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's a terrifying, terrifying story. I hate that it's did you real. Hear, did you I hate like, that it's real. Around like Philadelphia, like the random radium places and like the people find out their houses are like filled with radium oh yeah. really it's such an interesting kind oh. of like rabbit hole to go down yeah yeah i read about it um the muter museum had an exhibit on the radium girls and they were talking there was a whole yeah. thing about that oh wow the okay. radium in the houses in philly that's what they really did is that they used they like filled in watches and stuff right yeah and, the, yeah. Yeah. and they they had to paint the numbers on the watch and yes. they would lick the thing yeah because you're using a very very th- fine brush yeah. yes and uh the fun fact is before everything went awry before everything went awry, because it goes awry in that story. Yeah. Um, they would. <laughs> what, uh, what do you ever? Mean? I know. Um, but the, what would happen is the that was they were hiring like teen girls and young women, and they actually started to glow. Oh. Like their whole bodies would be like they'd have a glow about them, but like they had a glow. So like people would notice them walking down the street because they were literally ethereal because they glowed, and they were like. So they started to be known as like the most, the prettiest girls. It's like being the hottest bartender at the coolest restaurant. Like those were the coolest, prettiest girls. They glowed when we walked down the street. So like it became this job that all the girls wanted because you got paid. You did this thing. You would glow. Everyone know you were the prettiest. Had a real glow up. Yeah, and then and then of course it all goes awry in the end. Yeah, and then you lose your jaw. It okay. makes me think of the receptionist. In, I'm always going to re- reference a movie. Just FYI, <laughs> it makes me think of the receptionist in Beetlejuice. Oh when yeah. When she's yeah. like, "If I knew then what I knew now, I wouldn't have had my little accident." But um, <laughs> she's like bright green. Yeah, it's yeah, wonderful. Exactly. She was probably a radium girl working yeah. for a magician. Um, okay, so yes. So she's exposing hardships of women in factories and the conditions and circumstances of unwanted babies. Because she's just like, you know, unwanted babies. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. She's lonely orphan girls. So she went undercover as a maid to expose bad practices of employment agencies. Okay. Yep. Clearly, she didn't like do anything because it's still pretty shitty now out there. Yeah. But. Um, and she bought a newborn baby on the black market. I mean, like she oh, no. <laughs> was heavily I invested. Think, I don't think you're supposed to go that far. I don't think you're supposed to. Isn't that what Lindsay Lohan tried to do? I don't think you're supposed oh, to exchange gosh. cash. Wasn't that the Lindsay Lohan thing a couple years ago? Did she try to like grab a baby from like a family? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. She was just like, no, I'm trying to save they the baby. Like, like Syrian refugees or yeah, something? Yeah. They're like, she's like, no, this is babies being trafficked. And they're like, by you. Like, yeah. stop stealing our baby. Allegedly. One time, uh, she's alive. I'm gonna hit the button on that one. One time, uh, <laughs> not one. Well, one time specifically, if you ride public transit in the city of Philadelphia, specifically the subway or the L, people okay. will try to sell things, deodorants, yeah, a vacuum cleaner. But it, sometimes, allegedly, people shoplift things and then they take them onto the subway and try to sell them, along with oils and DVDs and their mixtape, whatever. So it's like there's a business model <laughs> that if you're on the subway and you're on for at least four stops. Someone's going to walk gonna by, try to, sell you something. try to sell you something. And years ago, this had to be like 20 years ago, I was on the subway going to school and this uh, lady was walking up and down the aisles uh, offering to sell her child. It was a baby. And I was like, uh, like the first thought that thought came across my mind is like, how much cash do I have? 
So I buy the baby and give it to the police or like, you know, because like clearly this woman is going to give this child to someone. That was your first thought. Yeah. Like just like Nellie is like, I don't. How do I save the baby? Yeah. How do I get the baby out of this specific scenario where the baby's being sold on the subway? And then in in lieu of that, because again, my again, my second thought is never exchange cash where uh, for a baby for a baby because again uh, liabilities and so then i just uh called the police and told them what subway train car i was on and i saw what i saw and uh, i believe i saw them at like two stops later and i was like because <laughs> i was very nervous about it yeah but i did i have bought many a thing off the subway a vacuum cleaner once but not a baby toiletries we want to be very clear you have not Never purchased bought a, baby. a baby didn't buy a baby so when Call i used police. when i used to work in banking there's a thing called a, a ctr it's called a cash transaction yes. report it's part of the bsa uh bank secrecy act and all this stuff and one of the things is that that's been annoying about it is if somebody has $10,001 or one penny, over $10,000 in cash, you have to fill out a report. So that's if they withdraw the cash, if they deposit the cash, all this different stuff. And one of the things is you're not allowed as a bank teller, you're not allowed to tell the customers about it. You can't mention, you just have to fill out this report. And some customers know about it, but they don't quite understand it. Right. But then they also will bitch because... These days, for some of the customers, like $10,000 isn't a lot of money. Like, when this was written back in 1984, like, $10,000 could get you, like, a nice car yeah. or get you, like, part of a house. Like, you were, like, right. you know, you're a fourth of a way to a whole house, a $40,000 row home. Like, that's you were close to that. And now, if people are like, $10,000, like, that's not even a down payment Yeah, on a car. Like, there's... You still will have to get a bank note. Yeah, like, 100%. And I was like sitting there talk, discussing it with somebody one time, and I'm like, yeah, why don't they raise it? Like, it's stupid. Like, why is it $10,000? And they looked at me and they said, how much do you think a baby is? Nope. And I was like, you can get a baby a lot cheaper than $10,000. Like, <laughs> I was like, have you not? Have you never been around meth heads before? Yeah. Like, you can get... I'm pretty sure if I wanted to, I'd get a baby for like 300 bucks. We should bucks. stop I talking about it. buying babies. <laughs> I do love that he was like, how much do you think a baby is? And you, your first thought was, not, I could get a better a, deal. A lot less. Yeah, I could get a, could get a much better And I'm better. like, was that person actually asking you? Yeah. but How they, much do you think a baby is? But they like, the, his, their thought process was basically, and, and that's what they were told, is like $10,000. $10,000. Cash is enough for someone to sell their child. And I want like, to sell an mm. organ. And I also, like selling an organ would Also, be I've been on TikTok Live long enough, and I've seen what parents Oof. will do with those fucking kids. Like, they're fucking, a lot of these family channels. Enough about that. Let's get back to 1890, whatever. <laughs> she, so she buys a baby. She buys she a baby. She buys a baby. <laughs> Nellie Bly buys a baby. And she's like, you guys, you got to see the baby. Um, So she buys this baby on the black market. But she does that. I guess she returns it. I mean, like, I don't think she keeps it. How do you return <laughs> a baby? You can't return a baby well for cash. Yeah, but you shouldn't return the baby to the people who sold the baby. Yeah, I feel like once you trusted. sell a baby, I feel like you're giving up all ownership mm. rights. But, like, did you see how she, like, she's been, like, pumping it up? Like, she keeps on going, like, a little bit more and a little bit yeah. more. Like, yeah. eventually, though, it comes to an end because now she's famous. Yeah. yeah. So you she can't be undercover anymore. So she tries to go undercover in, a pol- in like, a police station. Oh. For women to see how to show how women are treated at the police station because she's really all about yeah like making sure that we're exposing how women are treated and like the mm-hmm. and the police officers recognize her and yeah. they treat her so well that and she she's can't, like damn can't it. write about it yeah and she's like well okay. I guess I can't be an undercover she Craig LeBond it that's what it is yeah, yeah. Craig LeBond in Philadelphia is a food writer I don't know if he a still does critic. it a he food does. critic he does and 
so for years, you know, he goes into restaurants anonymously and critiques the food and then writes articles and the Laban Bells are like a Philly thing on, you know, the best restaurants in Philly. But for years, everybody knows what it looks like. Like, I know that there's plenty of restaurants I worked at where they get, had a picture of him stickered on the back of the like door of the kitchen. Like, everyone knows what Laban looks like. So that when he comes in, he gets a whole different experience. Not that like we were bad or anything. But like no, when Laban comes in, you're like, yeah, everything is 100%. Like, it's running differently. Yeah, you're actually going to polish the silverware the and kid, not just the pull it out. The kitchen's doing a better job. Um, a great memoir of, I can't remember what the book is, but it was the New York Times food critic. Yeah. And she used to... She basically used to go into like disguise. She'd go into restaurants three times. One's one is herself, mm-hmm. and then like one is an old lady, and then one is someone else. Like so, she would do three different disguises. Oh, that's cool. And that's and then she would basically average the thing. And it was she would change. She would use different social security numbers. She'd get different credit cards. She would do. She would go like this whole entire. Wait, thing. she committed social security fraud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna find out how good your ravioli like, is on a Tuesday at two thirty. It was like so interesting. I love yeah. that investigative reporters of any kind are willing to. Crimes. Oh, 100%. Instantly. <laughs> Instant and crime. it all started with Nellie Bly. Yeah. It's like, in the name of the news. Yeah. Okay. So she became, she becomes too under, um, too recognizable to go undercover anymore. Okay. So then she gets inspired by like Jules Vernon. No, Jules Verne. Jules okay. Verne, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Jules Vernon. No, Jules Verne's novel, Around the World in 80 Days. Mm-hmm. And she decides that she's going to travel around the world because why not? What yeah. else is she doing? They're literally willing to pay for her to do anything at this point because she's getting the eyes on the yeah. paper. Oh, she's getting too and, and, and at this point, yeah, she's... <laughs> she's Stanley tucci Yeah. She's the tooch. No. Did you see the Stanley Tucci at Italy TV show? Of course show? I did. Yeah. Uh, I have a cardboard cutout of Stanley Tucci at my house. <laughs> oh, no. I love the tooch. So so what's very funny, though, is, yeah, the, with that show on CNN, it was on CNN Plus. It was yeah. supposed to be one of the selling models. Yes. And, like, nobody got CNN Plus. So now it's just on Max. It's just on HBO's, like, random yeah. fucking channel. Oh, my God. And, like, so we watch it every now and then. The whole time I'm watching, I'm like, it's very good. I'm just, like, but I'm like Tucci how got is... these people to pay for him to vacation in Italy and just eat pasta. Oh, yeah. For, like, two 20... seasons. Yeah. yeah. Two 22 episodes. And he's just traveling. Every episode is just, like, tonight we're at this really nice restaurant. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go meet this chef. But you know that yeah. there's a spinoff, and Ava Longoria does the same thing in Mexico now. No, I oh, didn't, I didn't know, know that. Yeah. But we're going to this. Also, it makes me so hungry every time I watch yeah. it. Yeah, you have to eat, watch it after dinner. I think that you you should do some research on CNN Plus because that's an interesting one because it was pretty... It was, sh- it was fell, it fell apart. Well, I'm pretty sure that it was like pitched as something and then mm. they knew they were going to be selling. Yeah. Oh. And so like it was really kind of like a, a carrot. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were what's it called when you make the company look bigger than it is. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that you can have a higher uh, asking price. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they made Tucci part of that. But I can <laughs> with the Tucci. Yeah. Tucci is involved. But I'm still gonna watch the Tucci. Uh, have you ever seen that movie, The Big Night? Big Night that he did with um, Monk. Oh, no, Alex loves that. Monk. I do love Monk though. It's really good. It's like a. It's from like the 90s. It's very. Yeah. It's about two brothers who come over from Italy. They're trying to open up a restaurant. Okay. Watch it. It's fantastic. Lots of food. I feel like pre 2000, every Stanley Tucci movie, like he's wearing uh, an undershirt. It's just like an undershirt and like jeans or pleated uh, pleated slacks. And he does. And he's have, like he's like I don't wear sleeves. He still has the hair. And he, yeah, he has the hairy back, and that's mm-hmm. just Stanley Tucci in every movie. Yeah. And he, and he hadn't like he doesn't do the full yes. shaved yet, so he has just like just that like little bit of like that '80s Bruce Willis hair, and he's just like I'm the Tooch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was before his straight sexiness that happens now. <laughs> I love the Tooch. 
Alex's. Did you know the, the two Stanley Tucci right, is how? Enough. Enough. No, no, it's how Stanley Tucci is how the TikTok things like are. He and I on TikTok started. No, I did not know oh, that. I'll show it to you later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a. I really do have a. For my 41st birthday, my friends got me a cardboard cut <laughs> of Stanley Tucci, <laughs> and he like sits on our second floor and stares out the back window. <laughs> I love him. Okay, okay. So what's Nelly doing now? She bu- she she does her trip okay. in seventy two days around the world because she's extra. Okay, <laughs> she has to beat the number. God. So she took uh, it took her seventy two days to travel the globe, and she gets back to the United States. She earns herself a world record for it. Oh, it's called, she called the, Guinness. It's a uh, the world record for fastest circumnavigation of the globe. Okay. Oh wow. All right. So she does that. She writes about that, and then she's like still wants to do like hard hitting journalism so mm-hmm. she actually ends up covering world war one <laughs> <laughs> like she goes to yeah. europe and yeah. she becomes like an embedded journalist in world war one oh wow God. and she's like writing back you know like yeah you know like <laughs> i'm totally gonna do another voice do the voice do the voice <laughs> I'm be like, uh, germans are invading see stop uh, <laughs> bombers everywhere stop need <laughs> you know americans are dying day after day stop you know, like, yeah. it's a telegram. Yeah. Did you get it? I got I it. it. it Did so you get good. it? No, because the impersonation should have gone like it. should be like, beep, 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 uh, That's how she would have been. I like that the voice that I do is always John Lovitz in A League of Their Own. I'm like, see the grass over there? Don't eat it. You know, but so that's. What are we going to do with all these wild animals? So she goes, she goes into Europe and she, you know, is on location. And then she does a lot more about industrialization and then she gets really into the suffrage movement. You were totally right. Yeah, she yeah, does yeah. get into the suffrage movement and she's like really, but like the beginning parts of it, like, yeah, she's, yeah. you know, she's, uh, you know, in the parades and she's like talking about like the movement leading up to movement. Cause she's, Oh my gosh, this is well before. When do women get the right to vote in the 1920s? I don't know. When's it getting repealed? That's what I want to know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like twice a year. It's too much. It's too much. Wasn't it 1917? No, because that, that what's his name? The guy who's running now, the Vivek guy or whatever. He's saying that he wants to make the make. I don't know. My brain isn't working. But like, there's always the, the manosphere. People are always like, women yeah. don't shouldn't vote. I always confuse. I knew it was between 16 and 20 because I remember when it was Hillary versus Trump. One of the big deals that they wanted is, is people wanted Hillary to be elected. So that way we would have oh, a right. female president on the 100th, 100th. anniversary. I do that. Yeah. And instead, we, worst, we, we ended up with the absolute worst man in history. What are you talking about? He's only got like 90 indictments. It's not that many indictments. Yeah, it's not too many. It's I mean, I'm Italian. <laughs> I definitely don't think it's that many indictments. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> you call those big numbers? Get out of here. What, Moida? <laughs> what, Moida? Get out of here. He's, he's a great guy. Best guy around. Yeah. <laughs> Could not be a better guy. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Okay. okay. So, so she's just she World War One industrialization. She's doing suffragettes. She's doing suffragettes. And she's, she's like a badass. She yeah. does actually get married. What? Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't see that coming. So I think she gets married. Uh, I'm not sure. I think she's when she comes back, she gets married after the war. Well, no, it's probably while she's in the war, like that area. Because, oh, does she meet a soldier, a European? Well, What's she going comes, on? She comes back. She She's married, but her husband dies in 1905. So that means that like during this time, mm-hmm. she ends up, he has like a farm and stuff. And um, he has like a steel, what is it? Like steel barrels, like a distilling process. Okay. Like he does like that kind of stuff. And she, when he dies, she kind of like doesn't do the writing anymore. And she takes over his business and his business were failing. 
And guess what? Uh, I guess she turned it around. She turned have, them. She around. has the energy that she turned. She turned them around. around to a huge success. She got moxie, dude. There's so, no way around it. He was so, he making liquor. Um. Yeah. So he was doing distilling. Yeah. So she became. She started making liquor. Then she actually introduced steel barrels to the distilling process. <laughs> and so she turned his failing um, companies into a huge success. So she ran two multi-million dollar businesses for almost a decade. That's incredible. Yeah. She didn't. She wasn't very old when she died either. What did she, did she did she die? Wait a second. What? Wait a second. You what? glossed over something. Did you talk about how old her husband was? No. Did you, did you see? You go for it, Alex. Did you see how old no, she I, was? No, this wasn't about him. Okay. <laughs> I just pulled up I pulled up the Wikipedia. Yeah, well, how old Cuz I wanted he? to see what she looked like at one point. It says here under later work by in 1895, Bly married millionaire manufacturer Robert Seaman. Nice. So she was smart. Yep. Bly yeah. was 31. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seaman was 73. Hell yeah, let's go. Due to her husband's failing health, she left journalism and succeeded her husband as head of the ironclad manufacturing company, mm-hmm. which made steel containers such as milk cans and boilers. Uh, he died in 1904, and then she uh, did uh, awesome. Fucking god! Like Anna, he was really bad. He he had no, lots he of wasn't money. great. He had lots of money, but he he just kept falling into yes. it. That's what I was reading here. But it's very funny because she basically like Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, in yeah. but like had a post plan. Yeah, she wasn't just like, and then I'm gonna OD. She was like, no, I'm gonna fucking. How dare you suggest that Anna Nicole didn't have a post plan? I think she had her, her plan was money. Yeah, yeah. And she ran his businesses for a while though. Yeah, that's, yeah. that says that. I love yeah. that. I but, love that oh, she married really cool. up and then just took the business. Well, but when she was running those businesses, I think it's really interesting that they really draw a lot of correlation that she, um, she like draws from her earlier experience at the Pittsburgh dispatch and like when she was in the factories there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she ends up valuing and like treating her workers better than anyone. Yeah. So not only is she a badass mm-hmm. who marries well. Yeah. Let's be clear. She <laughs> marries well. She runs a multi-million dollar business. And then she also treats her workers extremely well. Nice. She, they, she ends up doing like physical fitness programs for them, like a health program. And uh, she teaches most of her employees how to read. Like she's like <laughs> literally she was like, if workers are happy, they will be loyal to you and they will do well. And so yeah. She, yeah. she like does this whole thing. She's very ahead of her time with like how to treat those workers, which is because it's the early 1900s, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, that's amazing. I'm glad that we haven't gone away from that. Yeah. She died. <laughs> well, wait, before she She's died. not alive anymore. Wait, before she died so, though, did you, did you did, did you see her patent that she made? What she, no, I didn't see the patent. She invented a stackable steel trash can. Yeah, that's what I was like she she did something with steel barrels, but then I th- Yeah, no, it was it was literally a steel trash can. Yeah. She like before that we didn't know how to make a trash can. She that invented, could be stacked. She in, I'm looking at this image, and you're telling me this woman is the one that invented the trash can that Oscar the Grouch lives in? Yeah, she invented the Oscar the Can <laughs> trash can. Incredible. Uh, yeah. She changed the course of humanity, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Oh, my God. And to think she started out just a normal school. Just at a, yeah, normal, at a normal school. Just a normal gal at a normal school. A little wow. orphan. I've learned so much. Uh, me too. I'm just like, really... and now we have to watch this movie because I need to see the movie version. The Christina well, you Ricci know that movie? like I did this research and like I'm talking to Dugan, my husband, the yeah. whole yeah. entire time, and he was like, "So what you're telling me is, is that she, 
she proved that women just like to act crazy so that they can get what they want. And I was like, he's like, he's like, I don't really understand. Well, yeah, honestly, this is going. honestly, like, wait, hold on. All right, I see where he's. I, I understand because yeah, she she pretended she was insane. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wait. Let's go ahead and start. Let's go right back to the beginning. All right. <laughs> let's let's take it back up. Let's let's do, let's, let's do it from the manosphere perspective. All right. So you mean to tell me yeah. this? Uh, excuse me. Let's go with her real name, Elizabeth Cochran. Uh, she pretended that her name was Nellie Bly. She walked into an office and got a job just because she was a woman. Mm-hmm. Then she pretended she was crazy for clout. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. a few years later, because she got so much clout that she couldn't even pretend to be people no more, that suddenly she marries some rich dude because she's just like all women, a gold, gold digger. And then because she's trash, she knew how to make trash cans. Whoa. Right. Yeah. And then she just goes and travels around for a little while and goes, look at this war, fight harder. And then she died. <laughs> look at this war, fight harder. Yeah. yeah. That is what they have on her tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> this is an amazing story, though. Honestly, it's a very impressive life. I'm always yeah. interested in like feminism where, when it comes from the fact that like it's she actually like we always think of like feminists or people who are like trying to catch up yeah. and like just whereas she actually led like yeah. being someone who created investigative journalism in this type of way is not yeah. something that exists like didn't exist before and now the way that it exists it's actually kind of bastardized a bit now yeah, yeah. but like it's kind of cool to think that like you know she's she's like the undercover boss i love that like literally no, the I, first undercover boss she's an influencer she's all this <laughs> yeah no she she is she really is all these i mean that's the one thing that like when you get somebody like this when especially like in the idea of feminism like if this was a guy this would be insanely impressive right like just looking at her as a person alone you're like this is an insanely impressive person who looked around at the time and figured out how to explain things to people in a way that was very succinct and made people want to make change well and there was other men in here that you knew their names but you didn't know Nellie Bly and like how do you not know Nellie Bly she changed the way the mental like those who were mentally insane are were treated in new york she got more money for them she was able to buy babies off the black market hey, we gotta stop buying babies <laughs> off the black market but guys. she did it she did it <laughs> for because she's, she's a feminist <laughs> oh no <laughs> is that is Things, that gonna be the I, that's the tag that's, that's the, the tag, tag for sure buying babies for, for feminism, feminism. <laughs> that's a t-shirt right <laughs> that's there a t-shirt. That's who Nellie Bly was. Yeah. But, and if you look at it, there's probably a lot more than just like the American Horror Story and then the other movie that there's other things that she's inspired by. Yeah. I, I also, know. I do love that she went around the world in 72 days. I love that she had to beat the record. <laughs> it like, feels petty and I like that. It's not even a real record. That was the thing is like around the world in 80 days was just the title of the book. And right. she's like, we can do it. We can do it better. Technology exists. Yeah. What? My rich husband's going to give me some cash. I'm going to go for a little ride. <laughs> I don't think she had met him at that point. Maybe but, she met him out there. That's um, like when everyone used to say Ginger Rogers. They're like, she danced backward in heels. And they're like, Nellie Bly, she went around the world in 72 days. You know? yeah. yeah. That's like the... the, um, the, the when you mentioned the part about Mexico. Apparently, this is from the Wikipedia. She wrote a book called Six Months in Mexico when she was working as mm-hmm. a foreign correspondent down there at the age of 21. Yes. Uh, which is wild. Um, in one of her reports, she pro- she protested the imprisonment of a local journalist for criticizing the Mexican government. Uh, the government at that time was a dictatorship mm-hmm. under Porfirio Diaz. Uh, when the Mexican authorities learned of her report, they threatened her with arrest, and she had to flee Mexico. 
Uh, once she got home, she then started uh, writing a lot of stuff about the dictator, calling him a tyrannical czar. Oh. And that she was suppressing that he was suppressing the Mexican people and controlling the independent press down there. She crossed that border and started talking mad shit, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like when a dog is barking through a glass window, <laughs> like a sliding glass door. And then you open it and they're like, hey, Hi, what's up, like, dude? No, it's cool. One, one of my favorite memories of, of my childhood dog was there was uh, back in the day, you know, there used to be packs of dogs. Yes. And people just had them loose. Like nobody had electric fences or any yeah. of that stuff. Dogs would just roam. And I remember we had this dog and he was always like a little tough guy. And then the neighbor's dog had this giant, massive dog and it walked up onto our porch and my dog was looking at this dog through the sliding glass window, did not bark. He caught my dog climbed into his own cage <laughs> with his teeth, pulled the door shut and then started barking at the massive dog. I was like, you got into a shark cage. Amazing. I, I love that he was like, I would do something if I could. Oh, no, I'm locked yeah, up here. I'm locked up. They put me in this crate. Oh, you wait until I get out of here. Wait till they come in here and let me out of this yeah. crate that they definitely put me in. And like, to be fair, the dog was, the big dog was terrifying. Like, it yeah. looked like, it looked like a demon when it came up. And I was like, yo, what, you seeing this dog? And I was looking at my dog. I'm like, you bark at everything. <laughs> like, every squirrel that's ever existed, you've you've alerted me of. But this fucking demon, you're like, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna chill on that till I feel safe. Yeah, <laughs> no thanks. That's, yeah. a, I mean, who hasn't done that? Talk mad shit, and then you see a big enemy. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna mind my business. I just thought it was impressive that she volunteered to go to Mexico. Yeah, in like yeah. the late 1800s. It's like, how do you get there? Train, yeah, like she's taking a train, Ugh, taking a, a train covered down. wagon. I yeah. don't know. No, I think it's probably, like the Oregon Trail. Yeah, I but think the other way. I think she's taking a train down to like Texas and then crossing the border there. Yeah. Like that's got to be wild. The other oh, thing, it sounds so dirty and sweaty, like a hot. Ugh. Yeah, like that sounds so hot. Yeah, it was pre air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, and she and she's doing it in petticoats. Oh. And she's yeah, she's wearing like the the corset. The, too. the bottom like foot and a half of her dress gross. is probably just gross. The other thing that struck me was when you were talking about the uh, insane asylum about how she, when she just stopped stopped pretending yeah. to be crazy, they're like, well, now she's clearly nuts. Nuts. I remember giving <laughs> advice to people who I knew were eventually going to be locked up in insane asylums, where I told them I was like, listen. Because uh, I knew some people who were like yeah. pretty wild back in the day, and a few of them I was like, "Ah, you're doing stuff that you're not going to come back from." And I remember looking at this one guy, and I was like, "Hey, man, just to let you know, like when they finally lock you up, like uh, they're not going to let you out until you ask, until you, until you admit that you're insane and you ask for help." And he like looked at me, he's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "You'll get it." And about two years later, I ran into this guy again, and he was like, uh, "So yeah, I got." I got I got thrown in a in asylum and I was like really and he's like yeah I had to go to a mental hospital I was like oh and he's like yeah you know I was there for a bit and I remember the first couple of weeks I kept telling him I wasn't fucking crazy I'm not fucking crazy I'm not fucking crazy and then about like it's like week three about halfway through week three I remember what you said and I walked up to the nurse and I was like I'm insane and I need help he's like and they got me out like two weeks later and I was like yeah man yeah, they probably should have kept you in yeah, there like, you're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> Good job, Alex. Yeah, yeah so Alex um, is releasing people into the streets out here. It's what I do. You giving them duster on the way out? What's going on? <laughs> so yeah, uh, Val. Val, thank you so much. This was incredible. I yeah. still can't believe. I mean, like you didn't know about Nellie Bly. Now you I do. do. No. I mean, apparently, you did know about I her. I did know. <laughs> I only watched. knew because 
I know that a lot of American Horror Story stuff is pulled from true stories. I see. I didn't know that. And so I had I had known that the character was based on a real person. I just had thought that it happened in the 50s and 60s, not in the 1800s, which makes it way more incredible to me. Because again, like, yeah. She went in, and we didn't know there was a way out, and that scares the shit out of me. Well, and also, <laughs> it's very compelling. Yeah, but also when you hear about this type of journalism, like you hear about like Black Like Me, or you hear about Upton yeah. Sinclair's The Jungle, like you don't hear so much about Nellie Bly. And also, kind of makes sense too because you know she got so famous so fast and so young that she did she would hit a wall. Yeah, it was only like that's what I. It's so concentrated in the time. Like she, yeah. I think she when she started her job, we said like at twenty one. Yeah, and I think by the time she was twenty five or twenty six, she was too recognizable yeah, she's to too keep on famous. doing it. What a, incredible! I'm like she only had to put in five years of hard work, and then she was like, "Bet it's the dream." Bet. Yeah. I mean, she, it sounds like she still did some hard work. She still did a lot of hard work, but I'm saying she had to do five up front. Yeah. And she then, did some inventing. Inventing. She got a patent. And then she found that husband and she said, let me tell you about trash cans. <laughs> let me tell you about trash cans. <laughs> and she didn't even know what recycling was going to be like. Come on. She had no idea. Well, that's been our episode. It's Thanks a really for great episode. Us. Thank you so much. Let's, let's hear it one more time for Valerie DeMambro. <laughs> Uh, we had a great time. Val, anything you want to say to our listeners before you go? No, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, thanks for being here. Mrs. P, any final thoughts? No, I'm sorry my brain doesn't work. That's fine. Hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully, you sounded like your brain worked. How often do you guys bring guests on? Uh, you're our second guest. Wow, yeah, that's so yeah. fun. Yeah, boop, boop, boop. you're our second guest ever. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, All so right. we're really glad to have you on here. Like I said, before the show even started, you're always one of the funniest people I always knew and one of my favorite storytellers of all time. Thank you. And you told us a really great story today. And uh, thank you for lore dumping in this thruple. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>